Welcome to the Trauma Survivorhood Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, an IFS-informed trauma recovery coach. This show features interviews from guests all around the world as they share their impactful stories and deliver hope and inspiration through their personal post-traumatic growth. We explore and discuss resources and coping strategies to support the survivor community to thrive in their own healing journeys. Enjoy. All right. So welcome back to the Trauma Survivorhood podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. I have with us today, Valerie Uard. And from trauma to triumph, Valerie is here with us. She has seen it all. The tool set that she has gathered to overcome her childhood trauma helps her guide trauma survivors to get their life back. She is a published author, speaker, and expert who works with people all over the world. She brings you on a decluttering journey to declutter your stress, your mind, your space, and your time so that you can create the life that you want and free yourself from your trauma. Author of the best-selling book called Put That Stuff Down, Coping with PTSD Through a Decluttering Journey, the book that has helped change the lives of more than 20,000 people. Valerie, thank you so much for being here with us today. So tell us more about your journey, childhood trauma to now being a decluttering expert. Take us on that walk. Oh, of course, with pleasure. So what happened is, like most people, when I had my trauma, I kind of dissociate with it. You know, I put it in a box somewhere in my memory, and it's kind of, don't want to deal with that, you know? And at one point, I rediscovered that I had my trauma because I was having lots of issue. And I was more, I was a little bit older. So I was understanding now that that was a trauma. And from there, I went to school in occupational therapy, and it kind of exploded on me. Maybe because I was doing mental health course in occupational therapy, maybe because of what happened in the family at that time. But I had to stop my studying and really focus on myself. So that way I was able to grow. And eventually we got children. That's another triggers that bring in the, when with people that have trauma where it's remember your own childhood. And one day we were supposed to move, you know, and the movers came at home because my husband was military and we were moving a lot. And when the movers saw our stuff, he says, you know what, ma'am, we cannot move you. And it was kind of, what do you mean you cannot move us, you know? And he said, you need to let go at least half of your belongings. Half my belongings. Yes. And it wasn't like if I was having piles, I like that and everywhere, you know? It's just that all my closets were really well packed, you know? You cannot add an eraser in it. And our storage room was all shelves with lots of stuff on it, you know? And the toys, yes, they had more kids, more the kids had more toys than at daycare. So yeah, so at that point we tried to declutter pretty fast, but it didn't work. Mm. So JM had to move, and I stayed behind with the kids to declutter. So that was the journey. The first night he left, I was in tears, and I hadn't cried for years before that. Mm. I was really wondering, you know, why do I have that much stuff? 
how did I let accumulate that? And it was kind of if everything was against me in the world. I was really feeling like a small little human being faced to a huge challenge. But after that passed, the following day, I really kind of bring my sleeves up and I really start decluttering. And what I discover is when I was decluttering, I was getting in touch with my emotion. And that way, because I had suppressed my emotion for many, many years. So more I was decluttering, more my emotion was coming, and more I was letting go of my trauma. So as the belongings were going, my trauma was going. So at the end of the decluttering, I was able to reunite the family with JM. And the beauty is my trauma was gone. So yes, there were a couple like... You know, you go to a store and you still want to shop, 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 shop after you decluttered, you know. But we were having some ups and downs and then we really stabilized and were able to have our minimal stuff. And from there, we I decided to become a homestager, you know, to help people before they move, particularly military family. And what I discovered pretty fast is most people, it is when like Placing a blanket or a cushion or a frame here and there, they're able to do that. But when it comes to the decluttering, this is where it's hard. So I decided to specialize in that, did my professional organizer classes, and really start working with client that has too much clutter. And from there, like 99% of my clients were having trauma. So we contacted multiple scientists and did some research with them. And we figured out that the thing is, there's a link between clutter and trauma. A lot of people, it doesn't mean that everybody that has clutter had trauma, but a lot of people that had trauma, there's a big part of them that has clutter. Of course, there's always exception, you know, like people that will be on the other spectrum but a lot of them have butter and trauma. What have you found when you did that scientific deep dive in there? What is that about the link between clutter and trauma? So the thing is, when someone had a trauma, the brain is kind of a little bit changed. And the person gets on a higher level of alertness than most people. And that's managed by the stress center in the brain, the amygdala. And people get more cortisol than other people. And as the cortisol raises, the problem is for people that have trauma, the cortisol is slowing down the frontal lobe. And this is where are the executive function. So basically, the capability to sort, to plan, to organize, to focus on the task, lots of things that... In fact, you need when you want to keep a home tidy and welcoming. And not only that, but the thing is, when you start accumulating clutter, and I see that with a lot of my clients, they're really performing at work during the day. You know, they're thriving. But when I arrive at the end of the day, they're more exhausted. They're burnt out than other people. 
because all day they fight that cortisol to keep their frontal lobe up to speed and be able to achieve what they want to achieve. So when they arrive home, they're just done. They need to turn out the craziness of the day and things start to piles. But more piles you have, the brain is managing all the information at the same times. So that way you raise the cortisol again. And this is when we fall in what I call the clutter vicious cycle. Mm. So the cortisol is raising again, making more stress, mm. slowing down the frontal lobe. And then it's more difficult to sort. So we start piling. Mm. And it goes like that that's again like, and again. Yeah, yes. that sounds like a definitely a vicious cycle. So, you know, this minimalizing that's kind of what I call it. You're, you're calling it letting go of things, right? And there's this link that you found between this letting go of things and letting go of stress. And how does, how does that work? What is that? What happens in the brain as you start letting go? What if people are like super emotionally tied to some of these things that they've been, you know, cluttering in these piles. So what is that letting go releasing for them? So the thing is we need to let go in a specific order. And I really suggest to let go of four area. So first the stress, Mm. then letting go uh, the mindset, and then the time, and then the belongings. Mm. And I will explain you why. The thing is, as long as the cortisol is too high, the frontal lobe is slowed down. So trying to sort and organize is kind of wasting energy. So it's really better to start by reducing the level of stress to then be able to make breakthrough on the mindset section Mm. and then letting go of um, those attachments. And from there, when we find time to do the decluttering, we can arrive at tackling the belongings. And when you tackle the belongings, you will let go of some emotion. You will let go of the past. You will let go of all of that. So it will be kind of natural way of letting go mm. instead of being forced. Yeah. Wow. You know, the mindset being really important here, right? Because if they can understand how the cluttering got there, if they can understand why they're attached to things, if they can understand why they're so even burnt out at their job, right? I mean, some people don't, trauma survivors don't always understand why it is so hard for them to just live an executively functioning life. having a job and going to school and raising the children. And they just think it's like a normal burnout, but it's not really a normal burnout because your brain is working more. So you're working with your clients on the mindset stuff first and understanding where all this came from before you're ever talking to them really about the specific belongings and what can go. Yes. And even before that, I'm working on the stress component. Mm, Yeah, that's so important. That's so it important. is. So are you finding that they need to almost d- start the releasing of the stress so that the cortisol can go down before the mindset yes. can shift oh, before totally. the belongings can go? Okay. Yeah, because the thing is, if the stress is too high, what we can observe is people will arrive in the mindset section and it will bring lots of memory of the past. And if your cortisol is too high, that can bring lots of different symptoms of what we call trauma. 
So talking about flashback, nightmare, addiction, lots of either shopping addiction or eating, whatever the kind of addiction. And it's really there that we don't want that. We want them to break through. We don't want them to get with lots of those symptoms. So by the time they're at the place of letting go of that belonging, they've kind of let go of that emotional attachment where those belongings might bring up those triggers for them. Yeah. Yeah. You say in your books and on your site, you talk about these seven secrets of decluttering. Can you give us just a little sneak peek about what some of these are? Obviously, the mindset change being a a big one prior to, but what would be just a couple of small steps that people could do if they wanted to start to tackle some of these things? So one of the things that is really, really important is to do not touch your belongings when you declutter. Mm. So I'm kind of a little bit in the opposite side of Marie Kondo and other professional organizer in the sense that they say you need to touch your belongings to make a decision about keeping it or not. It worked for a lot of people, but when someone had trauma, because the emotion reaction is more difficult to manage, if people touch their belongings, it's often what will happen is they will procrastinate. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll do that tomorrow or not today. Or they will touch it and they will hear those little voice. Oh, it's Auntie Betsy who gave it to me. I cannot let it go. She will know that I will have let it go. Or why did I do that? And they will start with some negative self-talk in addition of the big wave of emotion. So the easiest way for someone that had a trauma to declutter is to wear a pair of gloves. And this is really to block the sense of touch. Because the sense of touch is related to the limbic system in the brain. And when you put a pair of gloves, you cut that. So that way, people are able to declutter 40% more. Wow. That's huge. And do, they do have longer decluttering session if they want and feel less exhausted at the end. Every decision is more objective. Mm. Yeah, the more space that you have and the that that time space. I was going to actually ask like what does these sessions look look like? Are they do you have like a certain time frame that you work with someone? Is it just however much their nervous system can handle or how does that work? I do I work with people? Yeah. So most of the time because I have clients all over the world, yeah. I work in distance now instead of going in the home. Yes. So what happened is we really have the four-step process. So we really start with the stress and the mindset and the time, and then we arrive to the belongings. Mm -hmm. So when we do it that way, even before we arrive at the belongings, some people are excited to start decluttering and really start and letting go things. And they say, oh, my God, it's easy now. I love it. And it makes some space and really make a difference. And I teach a lot also about how to tame that new space. Because as much as we want to declutter, the fact of having an empty space around you when you have had clutter for a long time, your subconscious wants to go back to the clutter Mm -hmm. because this is what he knows. So we need to tame that new space, otherwise we will fill it back with clutter. Mm -hmm. 
So there's like a post decluttering phase that needs to happen then. Yes. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me, right? Because it's almost like you, you're not just going to supplant an old cope. You know, you, you want to be supplanting an old coping skill with a new coping skill. You're not just going to say, stop doing that, but don't do anything (laughs) when you're stressed. Stop doing You can't take away that pacifier and then not offer some other kind of comfort or some other kind of beauty in that, in that place. So are you more in that like minimalistic kind of like spacious design feng shui? Like where, where do you go with this post decluttering? It's really depending on each individual. Mm. I have some clients that really want to go into minimalistic. That's fine. I will bring them there. But most clients, what they want is a welcoming home, a place where they can invite their friends or their family. Sometimes they did invite their children for years, see decades. And it brings a lot of tension in the family and all of that, you know, yeah. and a lot of shame. So it's really to bring it at a level where we can invite and feel comfortable and happy and at peace in our home. This is what we are looking for, that the person is feeling good and happy. If that means that there's still a bookshelf that is full of book, that's okay. If it means a bookshelf that is decluttered like that one, it's okay too. So it's really depending of what the person is able to accept and feel comfortable. Now, does do you go to this extreme where you're working with like hoarders and and full yes. stuff addicts? It's not just clutter; it can be even more. Yeah, and is that yeah. the same system with someone who struggles with the addiction of hoarding, starting in yes. that mindset? Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So same approaches there, which it's is the same approach. Yeah, it's just the difference between us uh, a lesser kind of stressed based fueled coping skills of cluttering versus the full-on blown addiction of, of hoarding, but it's the same, that's those same mindset steps. Yes. This is really fascinating. I know you also talk about this idea of like routines and rituals, organization of your time and schedules. Oh, um, so important. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. So you're a trauma survivor, you've worked on the decluttering, and now you want to continue to declutter these other areas, like your time and your, you know, how you spend your, your free space in that. What is so important about routines there for the brain of a trauma survivor? The thing is, our brain wants order. Our brains want to know what is coming up next. So that's why if you have a routine and some habits, it becomes easier to do the transition. Mm. And often transition are an issue when we had a trauma. The other thing is when you have a routine, we're talking as a series of multiple habits built one into the other. And when we talk about habits, we're talking that things become easier to do. So it it takes less energy. So having routines and habits by the default really helps save energy during the day, but also knowing what is coming next. Mm -hmm. So instead of, because I see a lot of people at the beginning, they can lose track of time either on social media or just sitting in front of the TV and then, oh my God, I didn't see the day pass. 
I didn't eat. I didn't walk. I didn't go outside. I just lost my day. And that brings a lot of negative spiral, you know. Yeah. So by having a routine, it really helps. An eating routine really helps putting back the sleep with a better quality of sleep. Mm-hmm. And the morning routines will really help starting the day and be sure we accomplish what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is really important. It just sounds like you're create you're helping people create systems in their mind, systems with their time, systems with their day, and then systems in each room and closet of of their home. The outside is going to be a representation of what's happening on the inside, right? So finding that space and that peace and that expansion and, and content and comfort inside of you is going to translate into your finances, into your workspace, into your home space, your kitchen, your time, your calendar. Yeah. Wow. I love this. People that have clutter, Mm. study says that they spend between five to 10,000 every single year because of their clutter. Really? We're talking about either storage unit. We're talking about extra clothes that they purchased because they didn't find the other clothes or they are still in the laundry. We're talking about hoarding food. We're talking about food that we lost because they get expired. Mm. We're talking also that it's longer to do the chores every single week. So it's time that you can have use to work. Mm. But also stress is the main medical expense in United States. So if people can reduce their level of stress and feel better by having a decluttering process, they can save right there on their medical bills and feel way better being healthier. So I just want to ask you, what would we say to the audience who's listening, going, I can never do this, or this sounds like too big of a mountain, or... Where does someone start? Where does your regular trauma survivor start with something like this? It is possible. Just start by taking a deep breath Mm. and know that you are worthy of having a space you love. Mm. That's a big sentence right there, right? We know that trauma survivors struggle with that self-worth. And so maybe that's just an affirmation they need to do for a while to start changing that mindset. I am worthy of a decluttered space. I am worthy of even, because decluttered space might equal peace. I'm worthy of the peace. It might mean that I have more joy. I am worthy of that joy. Oh, I love that. I love that. Wow. Thank you so much, Valerie Uard, for joining us today. Please tell, well, I'm going to have everything linked in the show notes, but please tell everyone um, about the new book. Maybe you can show it to us on the screen here. Um, and you have a new book out and we've already plugged your um, your your post-trauma secrets of decluttering. Put that stuff yeah, down. Yeah, that one. Yes. And where can they and find you on socials and your website? That's the other one. Yeah, how can how I get started? Yes. Because that's often the most difficult part. So people can find us on dualht.com. Yes. They have everything over there. But we are also on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. That's All the best places. place. And on YouTube and on our yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Tell us about your podcast. Our podcast is Post-Trauma Secrets and Decluttering. Yeah, yeah. 
That's awesome. I will have that linked up in the show notes. I'm so excited for our listeners to learn more about this. Um, I am a huge fan of this and this work that that you've done. Um, I'm huge on, on organization myself. My brain cannot function without it. So um, I totally agree and align with, with everything you said today. So it's been a real honor to chat with you today. And uh, we'll hopefully see you again soon. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening or watching this episode of Trauma Survivorhood. For more info, show notes, and links, check out the episode guide below. Until next time, be well, survivors.